Welcome to the mic, Chloe Kemp from Kemp. It's time to be frank, it's time to vent. From mental health to parental death, where the humour is dark as she's bereft. There'll be tears and there'll be laughter, and of course there'll be talk about those pajamas. So pull up a seat, you're in the front row now. Turn down the lights, it's time to get the clothes down. Let's get the clothes down. Hello everyone and welcome back to Get the Clothes Down with me, Chloe Kent, and I'm here today with Mr. Ryan Kent. How are we, Riri? I'm all right, thank you. We just have, well, I want to have a little bit of a recap actually. I want to talk a little bit about holidays, the anxiety around holidays. Um, and then I watched the Lewis Capulge documentary. I want to chat a little bit about that. So yeah, um, me and Ryan have just been away with the kids um, over Easter. Ryan, how was Cornwall, babe? <laughs> Yeah, it was nice. I mean, you didn't half mind though, didn't you, about the driving? I mean, oh my god! No, I mind about the traffic, not the driving. The traffic, it, guys. It's only like seven hours there. You think he's driven to bloody Japan the way he goes on? Hang on, hang on. How long were we actually on the road for the first day? Seven hours, six hours. Hmm. Try eight and a half. Eight and a, eight and a half, eight and a half. But you don't let me drive. I offered to take over for an hour, and there's always excuses to why he won't let me. Will you drive on the motorway? Not the M25. That makes no. me a bit nervous. Any motorway? Yeah, of course I would. Mm. You change your tune now with you an audience. Shit. <laughs> you change your tune with an audience. Um, we went down to Cornwall, guys, and we got a little bit of a deal in a a very quiet um caravan park um and that did reflect in the price so we was able to go away for four days for 289 pounds which i thought was an absolute bargain considering it's the easter holidays and they like to bump the prices up crazy amounts however cornwall itself was very very expensive so i would say even though we saved there we we have we spent a lot don't you think we we spent quite a bit it's yeah. it's food was so expensive. We couldn't find a restaurant where a burger was like less than fifteen quid. Like everywhere was so expensive. Like we went to Bude um specifically, and yeah, that was um that was really pricey. I thought even well, I suppose the cost of living has gone up a- anywhere because we went to Sainsbury's to get some bits, and even that was ridiculously priced. But I suppose supermarkets are now, aren't they? Do you realise the cheapest meal that I ate was my best meal as well. What was that? It was the squid, the cod, and the chips on the last day. Oh, yeah. We went to, we found a restaurant called The Deck. Um, It was just a cute little restaurant, but it was very good food, wasn't it? It was very nice. It was nice, yeah. Um, I had a chicken burger and Ryan had calamari. And oh, do you know what? No, don't, because I've got an image in my head now. It, it just freaks me out. Like that, what? It was just, it had like eight legs sticking in batter. Yes, it's squid. I think I'm becoming a vegetarian, you know. I'm really grossed out. Guys, I've given up pork. Tell them. <laughs> I don't know what uh, you're laughing appa- for. Apparently so. No, guys, it's not even funny, babe. Can I just say, I just smiled then, and my top lip disappeared, and I looked like my year six photo at school of all my teeth. <laughs> oh, no, I look like I'm such an ugly twat. I can't even cope. Um, oh, what was I saying? I was just about to say something. Oh, pork. No, yeah, and pork, guys, where I drive up to, like, near where we live, right, where it's the closest McDonald's, that's why I always go that way. And (laughs) (laughs) 
I kid you not, we go past a pig farm and there's all these little piglets all running around adorably. But of course, it does also mean that I've seen them in their huge trucks being transported to possibly slaughter farms or slaughterhouses, whatever they're called. And the squealing that the pig makes makes me feel sick. And now I just hate it and and I can't eat pork no more. I have been pork free for about two weeks. No bacon, no ham, no gammon, no nothing. But you wanted gammon for Easter lunch. No, but I didn't. No, but you wanted it. No, because I can't be selfish. I'm offering it to you guys. I would have eaten something else. No, you wouldn't. I would have had a nut loaf. No, you wouldn't. You don't like nuts. Yes, I wouldn't. Why has it got nuts in it? What, a nut loaf? Yeah. Closing the title, love. Yeah, but I just thought, no, not necessarily. I thought it was just a saying, you know, like mince no. pies. But it's not actually mince meat in a mince pies. Uh, I need to give up with you, don't I? Let's not go down this. Let's not go down this path. Anyway. But bacon is that smell. And once yeah. you smell it, you've got to eat it. It's one of them smells. No. It no, is. Now I'm just pict- no, now I'm picturing babe, and I don't want it no more. I don't well, want to talk about it. No, I'm having for dinner, then, don't you? Not pet, Bacon. not pork. Bacon sandwich. <laughs> um, can I just say, I overall, Cornwall was okay, but very, very expensive. But we did do a couple of good things. We went to the Witches Museum, which is in a place called Boss Castle. I was pronouncing it wrong. I pronounced it Bow Castle, and a few Cornish locals got their pitchforks out and chased me to the car. No, they didn't really, but I felt like that. It's called Boss Castle and it's a little witch's museum and it cost about £7, wasn't it, for the adults? Yeah, something like that, yeah. And just a few quid for the kids. It was about £24 for all of us. Um, And I've got to be honest, me and Ryan both came away and said the same thing. Bear in mind, I wouldn't say we're, we're extremely superstitious people or anything like that. But we actually came out of the museum and said, Christ, that actually felt really dark to the point where it did feel a little bit like you were being watched. And it was just, I don't know, it's so hard to explain, wasn't it? We were saying, like, it just felt like there was a lot of negative energy there and it did feel very creepy, like like something could easily attach to you. Did you get that feeling? It, yeah, it was weird. It, I mean, you've got dolls in there you've got cats that were found buried under a footpath of a house um just wasn't for me i can i I can understand why people appreciate it but it was very uh i mean it was going to be dark wasn't it you're not going to go into a witch's museum and have you know brightly colored walls and things like that are you but yeah no but it it started fine it was all about witches and it had a huge board where it had all the witches names on it that well not witches names ladies names who have been accused of accused of witchcraft and, and and men and and hung and all that was very interesting and and it had like old sort of artifacts and everything else from years and years ago and explaining you know why why if somebody had this particular item they'd be accused of witchcraft and all this that and the other and that was very interesting but then it started going into very much like devil territory didn't it which i suppose the whole thing can go hand in hand but yeah it was a lot it's suddenly it was like voodoo dolls and just weird sculptures that were just very dark and very lots of very sexually charged there are lots of penises everywhere weren't there yeah there was yeah and and something called fanny stone yeah a fanny stone Basically, it's a muff, and if you keep it with you, it's supposed to help with fertility. 
I don't, Ryan looks very confused. Well, that's what it says, babe. No. Nah. Don't forget, there was also Cock Rock. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 no, sorry. Cock Rock, basically, it was a shape, it was a cock made out of like stone, and you're supposed to pull it under your pillow, oi oi, and it's supposed to. I don't actually know what it's supposed to do anymore. I'm going to have to Google it. I can't remember. But I basically think it was just a glorified dildo. <laughs> Medieval dildo, we'll call it. Yeah, but <laughs> what? A bit chafey. Imagine pushing. No. Oh, bit chafey. Yeah, we'll leave it up, won't you? Yeah. No, let's move away. We've gone to a, we've gone to a dark place. We're only fans now. <laughs> 10.99, babes. And we'll keep talking like this. Oh, no, my we won't. God. We won't. Um, and then there was this huge statue thing of like that. Was it half horse, half uh, man, goat. devil, goat. goat? I don't know, but I've seen it on some Blumhouse movies, haven't you? Yeah, I can't remember which one's off my head, but I know I've seen it. And yeah, that was completely freaky. But yeah, and then there was Ouija boards. There was really there was an old fashioned Ouija board that is apparently from like the eighteen hundreds. And it was like, look at all the scratches on this board. It's obviously been used a lot. Um, it's one of those things. I think if you believe in it or you're open-minded, I think you're going to have a really great time looking around there. I think if you don't believe in any of that stuff at all, you're going to think, what the fuck is this bollocks? <laughs> Aren't you? Yeah. I was actually more uh, more interested in what was out around the museum, the river. and Oh, yeah. You was. And I've got Cornish Pashley. Paid £24 to get in and Ryan's like, look at that bridge. Oh, Chloe, look at them ducks down by the water. Oh, look, there's another shop there with more pastries. Oh, fuck's sake. You don't half exaggerate, love. Oh, we'll take you to Cornwall for five minutes. He's a naturist. Do you know what I mean? More interested in the pasties, but... <laughs> he only wants his opacity <laughs> and to sit by the river. <laughs> Why... <laughs> Why don't you look impressed? You've got your interest in witches and whatnot. I'm into food. Real things. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of Bodmin Jail, which we travelled to after the witches? I like, I like the jail. Yeah. I like the jail. The, a lot of the jail has actually been converted now, guys, into a hotel. I don't know if you've seen this. So all the cells have been converted. So you can actually stay. I don't know, I don't know why you would. I think if you're very into paranormal... You're going to absolutely love it, and you're going to go. Um, if you just want a little getaway, I'm not sure you want to sleep in a cell. <laughs> Even though they've put a nice bed in there, it'd be a bit cramped, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's... Um, I, I don't think it's too inviting. No. I don't think so. Well, it's a lot of money as well. I think it's it roughly about £300 a night, isn't it? Yeah, it was expensive. Yeah. It did look cool from the outside, though. Yeah, I think if you're definitely into paranormal stuff, you might want to experience that for sure. But the actual jail itself, um, the attraction part, was um, it had a lot more than I thought. Um, there was this part. <laughs> oh, dear. There's this part where you go in and all the doors shut behind you and you're like in an interactive part. And I had to skip that bit, guys, because I, I don't do well with feeling like I, I can't get out. I hate it when I feel like someone's taking away my exits and I don't know where they are. <laughs> that will just spark off a panic attack for me. And it happened to me in Strange Things in London. It and I, it's, it's because in, in that one, we, we led into one room and then to get out, you've got to lead to all these different rooms. And I just didn't like that because I just feel like, oh, well, where is my exit if, if I just want to get out? So... 
it was the same sort of thing at Bodmin. When we went, when we were told we were going to go in and we had to walk around for like 20 minutes, suddenly I'm like, oh, like freaking out about exit. So anyway, like a big baby, I skipped ahead. I bottled it. I actually went up to the lady and I said, sorry, how claustrophobic is it in there? It's just my daughter has terrible claustrophobia. And she was kind of saying to me like, oh yeah, it can be a bit just because you can't really go out any exits, blah, blah. And uh, mine had already gone. So I was like, shit, I can't blame her anymore. And I was like, okay, when I said my daughter, I meant me. (laughs) She was like, oh, okay. Um, She went, I'll just take you down to the other side. But you know what? Shout out to this lady at Bodmin Jail because she was the kindest. She just got it. She was the kindest person. She completely understood. She was like, it happens more than you think. People do not like being in dark places and not knowing where the exits are. Like, that's quite a common thing. And um, she took me around to the other side of the prison to wait for you guys, which is this, this underground part where some of the old cells are. And it's really dark down there. And she was like, let your eyes adjust, you know, and then we're going to have a look. She was really kind and she completely got anxiety really well. And I really appreciate that. I think a lot more people are getting anxiety anxiety in, in our sort of generation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, Cause she definitely did. She was, she was lovely. And then, yeah, I waited for you guys to come out and then Ryan said it wasn't even that dark in there. I thought it was like pitch black. No, no, it wasn't. It was like a, it was an interactive thing, like a 4D thing. Mm. Um, and it was it was pretty cool. Um, they showed you like that they they showed you three different sort of crimes that were committed, um, and how they got caught and their sentencing in like the courtroom. Um, they showed you you know a little bit about the Moors. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I thought I thought it was pretty cool to be honest. Yeah, there were some crazy facts. Like, I didn't realise that back then, obviously, kids went to prison, which is just so mad to me. Like, especially if their parents uh, committed a crime and they had to stay with their parents, they would go to prison with their parents. But not only that, back then, people didn't really have their own cells. So children would be lumbered in a prison cell with rapists, serial killers, the insane, and then people that just run up a bit of debt. It was it was like eight to a cell, wasn't it? And yeah, um, these cells were literally, I would say, ten foot by eight foot. Yeah, so a- really tiny. Absolutely terrifying to think a child would be in a cell with murderers and rapists. It's just like that was really quite spooky. Yeah. Um, and then we saw, like, you know, the old doctors, they used to put these herbs in their mask and wear them to avoid getting any of the prisoners' illnesses. But it looks like that duck shape. It looks really spooky. I took a picture of that and put it on my Instagram. Um, but that apparently where the term quack comes from, because back then they looked a bit like ducks. Yeah, duck face, because like the mask. Yeah, beak. Um, there was a really interesting story about a prisoner called Selena. And it was about how this man had said that he loved her, wanted to marry her, but he didn't want her son that she had from a previous relationship. Um, and he told her to basically kill the baby. Um, mm. Next thing you know, this baby is put down a well, this three-month-old baby is put down a well and died. And everyone blamed Selena, thought she'd done it for him. So she went to prison. Um, and then she was hung for her crime eventually. And then they found a letter from the bloke to her, Selena apologising and admitting that he killed the baby. So, oh, what a time to be alive, I tell you. Because, or dead. Well, yeah, I mean, that just wouldn't happen now, thankfully. But 
it's so crazy to think you could be born into a completely different time and how differently your life could be. Like, it sounds so cutthroat and terrifying, doesn't it? Yeah. But it was very, very interesting. Lots to see, lots for the kids to learn about. Very interactive. And then lastly, you go to this bit called the execution pit. I almost bottled that too, but I thought, come on, Chloe, you can't. So I went to this execution bit and it just basically explains how they brought somebody to go and be executed, how they would size up the the length of rope so that they would have a quick death, this, that, and the other. And then they're basically taking this woman to be hung. And then on the screen, they put something over her face, so her face is hidden, and they put the rope around her neck. And then just as they drop her, there's this massive bang, and the floor beneath us dropped. And oh my God, I <laughs> checked for skid marks. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I dread to think how it looked. That I, I was my my throat was in my mouth or my mouth was in my throat. Whatever the saying is, your, your heart was in your mouth. Okay, all right. Whatever organs, something was in my mouth <laughs> that wasn't there before. Very dark, actually, because then we we after that part, you actually go out and you see the execution pit, which has been left. Um, and you can see that the trap doors are obviously open. There's a bit of hanging rope with a noose. Like it's very dark for kids, isn't it? Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. All the it literally it is how it was then. It, it's the actual one and the um, the lever is there as well, still, isn't it? That's yeah. All still there. You know, it's um, it's a bit surreal, really. You think people, yeah. you know, you know, potentially hundreds of people went to that exact position and died it's such an horror i can't even imagine what that feeling must be like when you're waiting for your turn Mm. it must be utterly terrifying yeah and now look at our prisons but they're playing pool and watching playing playstation and watching tv yeah it's not right is it even jeffrey dharma got fan mail do you know what i mean (laughs) like it just (laughs) it's mad isn't it not right but yeah it's completely different completely different it's almost it's almost like the only punishment now in prison is is getting your freedom taken away and having the potential risk that somebody in prison might hurt you but you don't actually go to prison anymore and i wouldn't say you suffer i don't think no you don't you don't suffer you like you said you have the freedom taken away of being able to do what you want when you want yeah um you're looked after, you're fed. Yeah. In prison, in Bodmin, we saw that you'd only have a bath every three months. I know. So, you know, they, they get to shower and bath daily. Um, they, See you know, family. Yeah. Um, get um, treats, things like get, that. Get a job. You get clothing now as well, don't you? You get to pick a certain amount of clothing and, you know, trainers and things like this. And you think, hang on a minute, not much of a punishment, is it? Not only do you get a job, you can also um you can learn a whole course while you're in prison, can't you? And you can come out with a bloody diploma. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I, I can understand that you're trying to you're trying to you're re- trying to better people, them. yeah, reintroduce them into you know society. But uh, yeah, but it's so different. I mean, prison then was definitely designed to basically give you the ultimate punishment and then quite yeah. often be condemned to death. Whereas now it's I think it's a completely different approach. And, you know, that's just, that's changed in a couple of hundred years. That's a huge change in that, in that time, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, but as 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 great as it was, I was I was battling a lot with anxiety, and I I hate to come talk about it because I always feel like I'm being a Debbie Downer. But I do think it's important because you know on social media we always see people just jetting away on their holidays. Um, you know, with hashtag live my best life and. I, I know that is the case for a lot of people, a lot of young people who are confident and everything else, but there's a lot of people that also feel a lot of anxiety. And sometimes being away from home can trigger that anxiety. And mine definitely did. I think it's a combination of things. I think one, it is, it's, it's suddenly being far from home. That's where the agoraphobia comes into play. You know, like the, my house would be my safe space, you know. Um, yeah. It's hard to describe, like, if I've had a really busy, hectic day, like, mentally, and I feel overstimulated, I might go to bed, like, not just that, you know, I don't just feel good at home, I have to go one more, I have to go to my own bed, in my safe space, put a bit of Netflix and wind down, but when you're on holiday, you can't, there's no, there's no place to do that, your safe space is gone. Yeah. So the place you feel most relaxed is not in reach anymore, so I think that was a big part of it. Secondly, I think it's the pressure, the pressure to suddenly make sure that your kids have a great time. Um, everybody has a great time. Like that mounts on you. So then you're kind of almost saying just you're getting anxious about being anxious, you know, because it's the last thing you want to come on. But you didn't show it. You, you showed it once and I clocked it straight away. But other than that, you didn't show it. You didn't let it show. You didn't, you know, let it ruin anything. Um, you know, I thought I genuinely thought you had a really good few days away, anxiety-wise. Well, I'm pleased it doesn't let it show, um, because obviously I don't want that. But you know, equally, it's very tiring for me, and it's like it's yeah. like a it's like a battle that I'm dealing with in my head that nobody can see, and sometimes I just wish that I could just enjoy the moment and live and be in that moment with my kids rather than fighting that they don't know about, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And, and it's a very selfless way of looking at it, you know. But it doesn't it doesn't always happen, you know. <laughs> so I've been away to Florida and had very, very minimal anxiety. I, well, I, I only did on that night out when we went to the Halloween Horror Nights, but that's because I don't like busy parks and darkness combined. It yeah. freaks me out. I feel like I'm going to lose the kids. And yeah. things like that, and it just makes me really anxious. Um, but yeah, I can't. I don't want to worry because obviously, uh, I can. I can share the news now. I think, but we've been we've been gifted a trip, haven't we, babe? We have. We um, have indeed. Eurocamp, who I, me and Ryan have been to a few times now, just because it's been local, like into France. We've not had to get on a plane. It was just easier with kids, and of course, it's extremely budget friendly, which is why we've always been, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and now Eurocamp are actually gifting us, which has never happened to me. I've never had a gift like this before. Um, are gifting us a trip with any Eurocamp. So we thought, well, we've got to go big or go home, haven't you? If it's a freebie, I'm not going to know three hundred pound one near Calais. That's it, babes. Get me that one thousand pound one. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> trying to get trying to get every penny's worth. Christ, you know it's free um so i think we're picking italy and again i'm a bit anxious about you know that drive and everything else but i'm just trying not to let things stop you the last thing you want to do is let anxiety rule you as hard as that is and it's so hard yeah but, 
you want to kind of go for it because you don't you sometimes you just don't know until you get there how your anxiety is going to be you know you just don't know you might go away and have maybe just a couple of bad days but ultimately a really great time and exactly. you, you've got to think you know that it's going to be good uh, and it will be good i mean and it's you, good. i don't think you need to worry about the drive because i predominantly drive most of it all of it and you know if you want to sleep you sleep read your book listen to music, whatever you need to do to to stay calm, you're more than capable of doing. There's never a pressure on you to be like, hey, come on, entertain me while I'm driving. You know, it, it's... I'm really good at sleeping in the car. You are good at sleeping in the car. <laughs> um, can I just say, after we come back from Cornwall and, you know, I had quite a bit of anxiety. I mean, it, I, I did cope well and I was really happy about that, but my anxiety was there. I really just wanted to settle down and watch Louis Capaldi's look did I say Louis? I think so, yeah, he did. Louis Louis Capaldi's documentary. Oh, and I just loved it so much. I mean, I have seen him do podcasts where he's talked about so many relatable things, you know, like having these panic attacks and needing his mum to stay, sit on the end of his bed until he goes to sleep. I've had that with my dad. Like it's so relatable. And I absolutely loved watching this guy who is very, very funny, very, very talented and now very wealthy, actually struggles so much with anxiety to the point where it's produced all these um, tics and Tourette's and, you know, they've they've gotten a bit out of control. But it was just lovely to just, just see that it's, it can affect anybody and it does. And it, it's yeah. so comforting for somebody who is in the you know, in the spotlight, who has over 7 million followers on Instagram. It's so nice for them to talk about it because it just gives you that little comfort that you're, you're not alone. No, uh, it, it, like you just said, it can happen to anybody. And, and the fact that you've got this multi-million selling artist who's got the world at his feet, who is, I think, liked by everyone, you know. Yeah. Um, He's such Anybody a likable character. Yeah, but from the documentary, you saw that he is just himself. There's no, this isn't a front he's putting on when he's on these talk shows or doing his shows. Mm. That is him. That's what you see is what you get. Um, and the fact that he's got all this money, he's got fame, um, he's still very grounded with the way that he approaches people in the street or when people approach him, he drives around his hometown. Um, and just because you've got fame, money, uh, and anything else that you want, everything else that you want, it doesn't mean that everything's okay. And to, for, for him to do a documentary about it, you know, I think it's a great thing. that. Mm. And it, I, it, says to, it says to the average Joe, you know what? So what if you're not okay? So what? Doesn't matter. But you just got, you, you know, just got to keep battling it. And I loved his mum talk about how she 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 would know if he rang her at a certain time of night what he was ringing for because I'm sure my mum knew that as well. Like you know, why else would Chloe ring at half one in the morning? <laughs> and well, I, I loved hearing that. Um, yeah, he's got a really lovely family that talk about it so openly, and I just thought it was really, it was a really well done documentary. 
Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was. But I got to be honest, I I really don't like the amount of pressure that are on artists these days. You know, like when they go on a tour and they've got like a hundred dates and all this lot, and it looks so intense. And then you start seeing them across TikTok where they look tired or they're not with it, and you think, well, I'm not bloody surprised if they're doing this every single night. You know, like it's yeah. immensely draining. Your adrenaline's going. And Lewis obviously finds being on stage hard because that's where he says that he starts getting really bad tics. And last time at Wembley, he couldn't even sing because it had really got to him. And I just, there's a, the pressure's on because of money, obviously. His, his producers, his team, they all make money off of these people doing tours. Mega money yeah. as well. Yeah, of Honestly, I, I wouldn't care if somebody like Lewis Capaldi, Post Malone, anybody, if they turned around and said, Tours are not good for my mental health. I'm too tired. I'll keep making music, but I'm not touring. Like, I wouldn't care. Would you? No, no, it wouldn't bother me in the slightest. You know, even if they said, I'll do two dates at Wembley and I'm going to do them both in August and that's it for the year. That's yeah, all I can I... handle this year. And you go, yeah, fair play. At least, at least you're being honest with yourself because they are putting themselves under a lot of pressure. I mean, they could be in uh, in London tonight. And then, you know, Milan tomorrow, then Munich the next day, and then over to America the day after that. And you think, hang on a minute, it's a lot of pressure. Well, uh, post- you- Go on. I was going to say, Post Malone has just been all around Australia for a couple of months. Bear in mind, he's not long had his baby girl. And surprise, surprise, his manager released last month that he's going to be all around Europe. And I didn't see that coming. No, no. Um, just... I. I you got you you've got to take a step back, and if they if someone cancels a show, you don't go. Oh, you know, I've paid all this money. Yeah, so have thousands of other people, but you've got to take into account that these people are putting not just their physical health, but like you say, their mental health on the line as well. Yeah, I mean, um, just Justin Bieber has cancelled a lot of shows, hasn't he, because of his health? Um, yeah, and I th- I think good for them. Like you got to put yourself first. I mean, who gives a shit about these believers or anyone else? Yeah you know when you start to like I said mental health is a big thing now um, it, you know it's more recognised when you start to try and understand it or you do understand it you can understand why these you know these shows don't always go ahead or you know things get cancelled last minute because anyone can break at any moment it, just because you've done a show last night and you're on top of your game doesn't mean that two days' time you can go and do that exact same show and have the same intensity with it as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it didn't even Lewis say in the documentary that if his if his health was to keep deteriorating from all this, he he would quit, wouldn't he? I'm sure he said something like that. Yeah, I think he, yeah, um, and he did take some time out, didn't he? he took like four mm. months out, and then went back in his shed. Yeah, yeah, well, he's happy. You know, yeah, yeah, that's his safe place to make music. So. But you know, I can, I can't really relate because I've, 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 I've not gone on to this sort of thing. But the anxiety of, say, just sitting at home in, in your shed making music, and then suddenly things happen, and then suddenly you're famous, like that. I can understand that being an anxiety thing because I really, I don't think that anxiety a lot of the time knows the difference between excitement and nerves, which mm. is probably why I get ang- anxious on holidays as well because I just swear. I swear your brain gets confused between the two. And 
like as you know I'm at home and I'm writing scripts and stories and books and all these sorts of different things that I want to do and then when something actually starts happening like if I have a meeting or I have good news or a really exciting email I'm like excited for two seconds and then I'm like oh my god I can't breathe <laughs> do you know what I mean so yeah yeah I think it it, it's you know. overwhelming it's overwhelming yeah. it is yeah and, and, and as well, when you're doing, you know, when, when you're doing a show or something, if you're anxious and then you go on stage, you push through and you go on stage, you've then got it in the back of mind. If I'm anxious and I show it and I don't do a good show, I'm going to get criticised, which is then going to put more yeah. pressure on me, more yeah. anxiety. So, you know, give, give, the, give people a break. Yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of pressure. As soon as you're sort of in the public eye, you have to hold up this perfection and there's there's a lot expected from you all the time I can imagine just how stressful and hard that can be and I don't blame people like Justin Bieber wanting to retire when he's only bloody 30 you know I don't I don't judge him at all I just I I think you know if you've made your money money's money's only good if you can mentally enjoy it and if you've got shit mental Mm. health then what does a million pound do nothing exactly yeah so I Thank you for having a little chit chat with me today about Cornwall and a little bit of anxiety and a little bit about Lewis Capaldi. <laughs> bit of everything. A little bit of everything, yeah. Just fancied having a little bit of a catch up and a chat. But absolutely love that documentary. If you haven't watched it, it's still on Netflix. Um, it it's really good, really great. If, if anybody's suffering from mental health, it's so relatable, and he's just so brilliant. And hopefully, one day I'll get to meet him. I'll manifest it. <laughs> oh, I'd love to have him on my pod. Could you even imagine? Ask a question. Yeah, I'll, I'll DM him. He'll definitely answer me. <laughs> hey, you never like, know. Chloe Kent, that wanker from TikTok. Oh, God, I'll text back. <laughs> you never know. No, you never know. All right, guys, we'll chat to you soon and we'll see you on the next one. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>